Oh, you uh, children of God, you. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't remember how I started the podcast. You want to start it, Steven? Hey, once was getting rusty. Yeah, it's been a while. It's been like, what, like two months? Yeah, Just something like, like that. Yeah. I was, uh, I've been busy getting, you know, married and uh, going on. Yeah. Uh, yeah life happens sometimes. Yeah. Sorry if you guys missed it, but. We're back now. Yeah. Wait, Wait so, so how that, did you start that was it? The, that was the intro then? I don't know. How did you usually start it? I don't know. Caleb, you want to start it? Oh, yeah. Why does it? All right. Caleb, yeah, yeah, Caleb. Go ahead. How do I start it? What do I say? Just come up with something, man. Use your charm, baby. Yeah. Hi, Elam. Welcome to our podcast, Portraits of Grace. Um, no, wrong, wrong. <laughs> oh, come on, he'll You forgot the C. No, you forgot oh, the LMC, oh, dude. Oh. All right, let's try it one more time. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, I don't. Kayla, you got this. I believe in you. Yeah, you're a killer. Hello, church. What's up, LMC? Welcome to our podcast, Portraits of Grace. It's been a, uh, we took a little bit of a hiatus here, but we're ready to come back. <laughs> Welcome. Oh, yeah. Introduce yourself. Introduce yourself. Uh, my name is Caleb. Uh, Caleb Wu. And, uh, I mean, I'm a, uh, I just graduated this year uh, from college, Villanova University, double major in history and Spanish. And uh, I'm back at school again, grad school, to be a teacher, getting a master's certification. Um, yeah, that's me. I that's what's up so far. All Caleb, right, all right. When you say we, does that mean you're joining the podcast? <laughs> <laughs> you guys asked me to introduce this. I just went for it. Hey, that's that's good. That was a good introduction. Round yeah. round of applause. Okay. Uh, do we do applauses on this podcast? Yeah. We do. I'll put that in. Yeah, yeah, put that in. Put that in. All right. So, uh, this is uh, Unsu. I got my uh, buddy Steven here with us. This is episode 10? No, sh- uh, no way. Season no 2? Way. I don't know, man. I'm so lost. All right, let's just get into it. Yeah, this is a Caleb episode, man. Let's just get into it, you know? So uh, Caleb did a little introduction. Um, so Caleb, I didn't know you uh, actually graduated already. I did, I thought, yeah. It was this year. Wow, congrats, man. I in my head Thanks. I see you and you're still like 14 years old, you know. <laughs> now I'm older than that now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. What's what what's what's popping, man? What are uh what are uh, cool college kids doing nowadays? Um we're being unemployed, that's what we're doing. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I feel that. Uh, I mean, like I said earlier, I'm, I'm at grad school right now uh, at Villanova again because I got a really good education program, not too far from school. So, or I mean, from home. So uh, I applied and I got in. I've always wanted to be a teacher for a really long time. And um, yeah, that's what I'm doing. Um, I have a uh, student teaching coming up next semester. So I'll be actually in the classroom putting what i'm learning into practice and i'm excited for that that's going to be fun i'm so teaching this, spanish this is, this is your first year 
of your grad school, right? Yeah, but it's a one-year program. Oh, it's a one-year program. Wow. Yeah. So did you already decide what you're going to teach, like what grade you're going to teach and all I that? Did. Yeah. So uh, I was history Spanish double major undergrad, and I'm a Spanish, and I'm planning to be a Spanish teacher. So that's what I'm studying, teaching for language. Oh. And I'll be doing oh. that in the classroom. Yo, can you okay. uh, uh, hablas un poco español? Yeah. Sí, claro que sí. Hablo español. Soy oh, yeah. Y aprendí mi español en España, en Cádiz. That's for all and our it, Spanish it, listeners. Let's get it. Yeah, yeah. We're a, we're a global podcast now. So, uh, Caleb, we should just do a Spanish version with the, yeah, with you cool. as the host. Yeah, that's, that's, that's cool. Really that's cool. cool. Yeah, that's, that's awesome. So, what, what'd you say, man? Were you uh, dropping some uh, Bible verses? What did you say? <laughs> I said, uh, I said that I learned my Spanish in Spain, in Cadiz. It's where I studied abroad uh, my sophomore year and uh, 2019, spring 2019. And uh, yeah, I like to say I learned more in, in four months than I did like six years in the classroom. I mean, it's crazy what immersion does to you. And I live with a host mom, so I was forced to speak Spanish every day. Oh, that's awesome. Wow, verdad, verdad. Verdad. Okay. Que paso, vamos, vamos, okay. My Spanish is like restaurant Spanish. That's because I used to be a busboy at a Mexican uh, restaurant. Okay, okay. Lots, lots, of, lots of curse words, but uh, yeah. <laughs> Caleb, how was it living in, uh, living in, what was it called? España. Uh, over time. <laughs> Cadiz. Cadiz. Yeah. Paris. Sí. Paris. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Dang, you're living in Paris. Okay. Uh, Cadiz was amazing. I, I, I think it was honestly the time of my life, you know, because I was living in front of the beach. It's a really touristy town or city. Or, you know, when there's a lot of tourists, a lot of people like to go there. It's such, like, such, so full of culture. I met a lot of good people. I mean, my first day there, um, when I was with the other kids from Villanova, we were just trying to uh, walk around the city. This guy came up to us and he said, are you guys lost? <laughs> and uh, that was just, that's just kind of the attitude of the people there. They're, they're really nice, very welcoming. Um, and yeah, I had an awesome, awesome time. And if I could go back and relive it, I would in a heartbeat. No questions asked. Just do it. Yeah, I would I would do that too, man. I would <laughs> live your life. <laughs> but um, that sounds amazing. What, what started your um, love for like the Spanish culture and uh, the language? Yeah, so I think it started when um, I was a junior in high school, sophomore or junior. I mean, this is a real, like, my ex my experience with Spanish, it's a pretty long story, but, I mean, at the crux of it all, just I just remember we were learning about Spain, and then I thought in my head that, like, that day when we're learning, I want to go there one day. I'm going to go there before I die. <laughs> and I made it a bucket list uh, thing to do. And it turned out my uh, my sophomore year, there was an opportunity for me to go, and I went for it. And I went, I mean... It was, like I was saying earlier, it was so awesome. I have so many great memories, so many great stories. I was lost my first day in Madrid, and that was really hard because I didn't know how to speak Spanish at that time. There was no way I could reach the program director, so I was so scared that I was 
not going to arrive at my city on time. And I didn't even know where to go. I was like, where is my train to Cadiz? And all these people were like, you know, I'm like, "Um, okay. Uh, But yeah, I mean, and then after going there, just speaking the language every day, when I came back, that's when I wanted to major in it. I wanted to study it more, become more fluent, um, dive into the grammar a lot more. So, so yeah, here I am. And it's actually a life goal of mine to, speak it at the level of a native speaker with an authentic accent um it's one of the passions of my life very very cool man so do you have any plans to like go back anytime soon yes yeah. 100% i do um so I, I was going to teach english in spain actually this year but uh, i got a herniated disc so i couldn't go i couldn't accept the job so that was a bummer um, I also was a f- semi-finalist in the Fulbright, um, competition to teach English abroad there too. Um, through this, uh, it's like a state department, um, program, but yeah, I, I couldn't, I couldn't go because I didn't make it to the finals round. But like I said earlier, I got a job through the Spanish government there. I herniated disc that kind of got in the way of everything. It's always a herniated disc, man. <laughs> You know, always, always in your way. Problem. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But um, yeah, I'm, I'm sorry to hear that, man. But uh, I'm sure you'll go back sometime soon. Yeah, I want to go um, next year. Yeah. Um, speaking of uh, you know, your college experience, like, can you share like a fun experience that you had with college? Uh, maybe like a best memory from college. Oh, that's really hard from college. Uh. I would say apart from my study abroad experience and all the stories I have from there, um, my freshman year, we won the championship, uh, the national championship for basketball. That was, that was a lot of fun. I mean, talk about a crazy year that year, the Eagles won the Super Bowl too. So Philly was on fire. (laughs) And I just remember uh, going so crazy in the, in the, um, in the room we were watching the game and like a lot of the students were there. And as soon as we won, we just busted outside and there's these cops with horses and they're just trying to make it a piece. And we're like, yeah, we're all going crazy. And uh, we went to a diner and ate food. It was really a lot of fun. And that was, that was, I mean, talk about an introduction to college. That was it. My freshman year. Um, this is something that I didn't know before uh, reading your questionnaire answers. Um, you shared that, uh, you are uh, very active in two sports in college. Can you uh, share more about that? Oh yeah, sure. So in college I played um, lacrosse and I also played rugby, um, club sports. I was also a boxer when I was a kid. So I, I always liked staying active. Um, but uh, when I was in my sophomore year, I had the opportunity to uh, to try out for the D1 team. And this really ties back into my testimony because uh, I, I, I never really went far athletically and it's always been like a chip on my shoulder. So when I was a kid, I was a boxer and I really wanted to go far with that. But just for reasons, I, I just didn't. And I put a lot of my energy into lacrosse when I was a kid. Um, and I always prayed, you know, saying, God, I really want to go play at a D1 level play on TV. That'd be really awesome. And I prayed like that a lot. 
But as soon as I played in high school, I just sucked. So those prayers just stopped and I just forgot about it. But in college, in my microeconomics class, uh, one of the star players on the team came up to me and, he's, and we were talking, uh, Connor Kirst, he's a pro now. Um, he's a really good dude. But we were talking and he said, hey, man, we need guys like you on the team. Why don't you try out next year? And I said, what do you mean? And he said, you're a face-off guy. Um, we we had our starter broke his ankle, our backup tore his ACL. I mean, you should really try out for the team. We really need you. And I remember thinking, oh, my gosh, is God answering my prayers? You know, and like you're at that moment. I was, and, and I've always been taught when I was a kid, God answers prayers in his own time. So I thought. So I thought, like, oh, my gosh, God, what are you doing here? And I went and I remember walking to my dorm and thinking, mm, what's going on? But I decided to work out and I got into pretty good shape um, playing wall ball all the time. And I was working out with D1 guys, too. I went to this camp and I was feeling really good. Even one of the D1 guys, he played at Syracuse, uh, one of the top 10 guys in the country. I, I was able to beat him a couple of times and I, and I felt pretty good at my skills and at this time i thought god was answering my prayers but come time for the d1 tryouts i did i did all right for a kid who sucked in high school um dropped only two passes won a couple face-offs i'll try to be as scrappy as i could because i knew i didn't really have like what i had was hustle and um what i worked with that's what i worked with and i was as you know as scrappy as i could be but you know, I, I didn't make the team. The next day, the coach was like, look, we're not we're not expanding our trial to look like you were getting worked out there. So um, good luck with your life. And, uh, you know, if you want to practice again with us, I'll give you another day, but it's not going to change anything. Uh, and I left. I, I, I left the office and I was so hurt by that. And, um, you know, I, I, I look back and, I, you know, I – I never had that athletic ability to really play with kids who've been playing with the stick since they were like three. Um, but I, it was, I was just, I was just, you know, emotionally, I was just really hurt because this whole time I was thinking it's God answering my prayers. Um, and I started to start questioning everything I, I knew, um, like what is going on here? And I felt like I was played. And it got to a point where there was a college retreat and with RCF, so Villanova, Temple, UPenn, Drexel kids, and I think some UCI kids there were, were there too. We we went to this retreat and everyone's crying in the corner because um, it's that altar call. But I am sitting there in the seat and I said, God, and these are the exact words I said, I said, God, you and I are not working out. And I'm going to see you in 20 years. And I was ready to leave everything um, because I felt like I was lied to. And I was very, very hurt by that. Um, it's not because I didn't believe in God anymore. It's just because how could God play me like that? That's what That was my thinking at the time. But uh, that's why I look back with, at Spain with such you know, good memories because uh, God really opened up another opportunity for me to study abroad and for me to get a fluency in a language um, that that I wouldn't have gotten otherwise. And it was just perfect timing because the next year COVID happened. So I wouldn't have been able to go abroad. And, uh, and at the end of the day, lacrosse, it wasn't, it was, God didn't play me. God really just exposed an idol in my heart because <laughs> I, 
I really want to place my identity in that becoming a D1 athlete, working out, being that hustle guy. You know, you hear the announcers on the TV on ESPN going like, look at this guy, didn't pick up a stick until so late and keep working out so hard. Look at where that gets you. I want to be that guy, you know, that closer child. But I made it, I made it my idol and I made me my own idol too. And I would, I would just say just after that experience, of such disappointment and hurt it actually helped me a lot with the stuff that happened afterwards um i was just medically disqualified from joining the marine corps which sucked that was terrible um but i didn't think about leaving the church after that i just thought god there's something there's something in your plan that i don't understand right now so i have no choice but to go through just to you know accept this and the year after that my senior year i didn't uh didn't make it to the finals round of the floor by teaching English in Spain. So I thought again, you know what, God, there's something here that I don't understand. So I have no choice but to accept it. So that was a pretty pivotal moment in my spiritual life, not making D1 team. Wow. Yeah. Thanks for sharing that with us. Like that must've been so disappointing, you know, after, you know, working yourself up like that. And also just, you know, the team not working out and then the Marine Corps not working out and then the Fulbright ETA not working out as well. Um, that must've been a tough time for you. Yeah, it was really hard, but like I was saying earlier, I mean, I never once thought about leaving the church because of those things like I did uh, when I didn't make the varsity team. So um, it's okay. I mean, I still play lacrosse and college for club. I mean, and I had a lot of fun. I was still able to face off and uh, be active in that way. So I'm happy about that. I mean, um, like I said earlier, it it would have been worse for me, my spiritual life. I mean, if I had made the team, I would, like I said, I was making, I was making an idol. I was making myself an idol. So um, my, I would be way different. My life would be a lot different um, spiritually if I did make the team. Um, with that, yeah, go ahead, Steven. When you mentioned that you were um, praying to God, or God and you told him you'll see in 20 years, what, what did you mean by that? Because um, you said you never left the church. Yeah, uh, so what I meant by that, like I said earlier, it's not because I stopped believing God. It's honestly because I didn't want to worship him. Yeah. <laughs> that sounds so bad. <laughs> um, but that, that, was, that was where I was at. Yeah. Gosh, I never really said that, said it like that. Uh-huh. But now that I think about it, 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 it's that's what happened. I, you know, I how could you do this to me? Was what was what I was thinking. Like I don't understand. And when I said see you in twenty years, it was almost like me being the prodigal son. I just wanted to go out and just do whatever I wanted, mm-hmm. and then and then come back and be like, here I am. <laughs> I had my fun. Um, yeah, I was in spiritual. I was in a really dark spot, but I that didn't last that long um, because I did come. I I did come back and I thought, you know what, Lord, forgive me. That was a really stupid prayer. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know what, this opportunity to go abroad to Spain opened up, and I remember praying that day too. I said, Lord, I have no choice but to but to trust you on this. I have no choice. So I'm going to go go ahead and see what you have in store for me in Spain. And I had a wonderful time. My faith, I felt like my faith was rejuvenated. Um, I, I was praying to God constantly when I was there. Uh, I was praying to God constantly when I was, when I was lost in Madrid. <laughs> um, so, 
So everything worked out. That's good. Hey, man. That's encouraging. Yeah. And I'm kind of excited to see, you know, where God takes you as well. You know, so oh, many, so many things, you know, didn't work out the way that you thought it would. But, you know, God knows what's best for us in the end, right? And he's, yeah, he's a good God that actually wants the best for us as well. So, yeah, we're excited to see where uh, God takes you as well. Um, Me too. And um, connecting to that, do you have any prayer requests that we can uh, pray about for you? Uh, sure. I, I guess I would say, um, uh, well, even though I've been feeling a lot better for my for my back, my hernia disc, PT has helped a lot. Uh, I'm still... You know, I still would like to be 100% um, healthy. It's, uh, it's, it was all. You know, when people talk about mentally when they're not when they're not feeling healthy and how that affects them mentally, I never really 100% understood that until like after until this, because I was just stuck in my house all the time, or I couldn't really do anything active. Um, so, um, if the if you guys could pray for me regarding that, and healing will come soon. Um, and uh and i'm in grad school now being a teacher uh i will if you guys could just pray that um in the future whatever god hasn't planned for me that um i'm i'll be happy uh and satisfied in my identity in him as a christian um and also happy with um you know whatever whatever god has in store for me I'll, i want to be totally satisfied in what, what he has planned for me oh, amen so, um, again, I want to remind the five people that are listening that um, <laughs> let's take some time to pray for Caleb. And also, if you remember any of the other podcasts and those uh, prayer requests from those, um, please pr- uh, take a couple seconds to uh, <clears throat> pray for them as well. Caleb, so can you share about someone that's been influential in your life? Uh, I would say, I would say my, I mean, maybe call this cliche, but my parents, I guess. Um, it, it's because a lot of the things that they do, um, I see it um, and their work and as, you know, as an immigrant family, immigrant parents, I see their work in the dry cleaners and uh, what they've, what they've gone through to support me and my sister. And I just remember there's a lot of experiences from their interactions with customers that I, that I see. And that's really influenced me. Um, there was a time where uh, actually this is where um, before I became fluent in Spanish, I was still speaking it. A, a woman came into the store and she went to my dad and uh, she asked him to help her out with something. And the deal was she offered, uh, I think it was like this restaurant, this catering company had a bunch of dirty linen and she said, I could clean it for you. And she offered a price, but she found out that the work was too much. So she went to my dad and I just remember um, that I had to step in as an interpreter even though my Spanish wasn't so great at that time, I still did my best. But what really impacted me from that was um, their interaction. So them being both immigrants. And my dad was trying to, uh, he was really trying to make it a way where uh, she could afford his prices um, for the job. But also because, um, you know, to be fair, our business wasn't going that well uh, at the time. 
So he was, so he had to be fair to us and our family. And we had, they had to find a middle ground for a price. And uh, it just, it got to the point where she just said, I can't afford this. No matter how much we, we talk about this price, I can't afford it. And my dad said, um, I think he's, he just said, he said, uh, look, you really, um, he's, he sold or you offered your, your price offer to this company was way too low because I can't meet you at the price that you want me to meet you at. And, um, I remember she left the store and my dad said to me that stuck with me for many years now. Uh, he said, Caleb, this is, this is the life of an immigrant. I mean, we, we gotta, um, we gotta, we gotta do things, you know, we gotta make ends meet. We gotta take up jobs and, and he looked out the. I remember him looking out the door and he really wanted to help that woman. He really wanted to run out and say, he just wanted to get out there and help her. And I remember he was, he looked like he was going to do it too. And I just remember that look when he was looking at the woman crossing the street. And I remember that moment. And, uh, that was also one of the moments too, where I thought to myself, um, I wish I could speak better Spanish so I could better serve, um, people, people that need me to be an interpreter. And I was actually able to interpret for a lot of people at the Villanova Law School um, because the lawyers help out um, uh, Latino families um, who, who can't afford legal representation on immigration issues, but the law school does, um, does it for free and student lawyers will take up their cases, but um, they need interpreters. So I was an intern for them and I interpreted a, a lot of cases, um, did some, did some work and yeah, that's, you know, another way how God has used uh, Spanish in my life. Mm. That's, that's really cool. How, I don't know, something from your past impacted your future and then you're able to speak Spanish, but how, how did you learn all those, uh, Spanish words, law Spanish words. Isn't that difficult? Um, yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty hard. Uh, so, so the work, our work mainly consisted of, um, uh, either, uh, translate documents or letters. Uh, so, you know, we, we had, we did have a glossary of legal definitions or legal, um, like legal words from Spanish to English or English to Spanish. So we used that, but also, if you're in the heat of the moment, as in like you're interpreting a phone call right live at that moment, um, I was fortunate enough where I was able to work my way around words I didn't know, mm-hmm. or either that, or sometimes I would ask, um, I would ask both the lawyer or their client, hey, could you give me a couple seconds? And I would just quickly look up the word on the dictionary because there was pandemic time, so we couldn't meet them in person. We would do the calls over the phone. So I was, it was good that I had, you know, I was able to do that on the spot, just quickly type up a word and just do it. Oh, okay. That's pretty cool. Um, I don't know. I don't remember like how to like wind down podcasts. Man. Should I just say like, that's all the time we have. You could be like, Kilo, thanks for sharing our story. Uh, let's just wrap it up here and uh, just thank you for having or thank you for being on the pod. I don't know, something like that. What up? You want to take it? No, <laughs> Wait, why would I take it? Dude, Caleb, I'm so You're sorry. I'm so sorry, Caleb. 
All right, Caleb. Thank you for. <laughs> <laughs> joining us on our podcast and thank you for you know sharing so much about yourself with us yeah this is my favorite way of ending the podcast do you have like a secret skill that people don't really know about or like a secret talent i don't want to say no <laughs> what does that mean <laughs> uh well i secret talents I, I, you know what? It's not like I can make a really good chicken katsu. Like really chicken good. katsu, chicken katsu. Yeah. Whoa. Oh yeah. It's Japanese just, style oh, yeah. or it's Korean Japanese style? Japanese style. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I just wasn't. Isn't Japanese style? I feel like that's more fatty, right? It's a little bit or thicker. It's, it's, like, thicker. it's like pork chop katsu. Yeah. No, it probably then it's Korean style but mine's still pretty fire. It's delicious. All right, so this Sunday, everyone at Caleb's house. <laughs> All right, thanks Caleb, thanks for joining us, man. I'll see you on Sunday, okay? Thank you.